Today's Transmissions podcast is brought to you by 80stees.com. 80stees.com has an incredible selection of Transformers shirts and hoodies, including some amazing Transformers costume hoodies. Transform into Grimlock, Megatron, or even Optimus Prime with the 80stees.com costume hoodies. Hello all sentient beings and welcome to the Transmissions Podcast where we talk about all news, toys, and comic books related to the Transformers! On this special episode of Transmissions, we welcome IDW comic book artist and writer Tom Scioli to talk about his new IDW comic, Transformers vs. G.I. Joe. So hang on tight, we're about to start this episode of Transmissions. Welcome to Transmissions. Free Comic Book Day comes once a year, but every day is free podcast day. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Yusuf, better known as Yoshi. Yo! Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hello. And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Let's talk Transformers. All right, and Jeremy, we have a special guest, so why don't you introduce him? Yeah, um, we have a... Special guest, he's direct from the Jack Kirby School of Art and Storytelling and is bringing the Silver Age style into the modern age. He's already a successful comic book artist and he's now putting his distinctive imprint onto a new Transformers vs. G.I. Joe crossover series. Now please welcome Mr. Tom Scioli. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming. I'm glad to. So, um, was there any particular point in life that you can you can point to and say that was the point I wanted to become an artist? Um... Yeah, it's it's hard to say because um, I've just been drawing, you know, since since childhood, and I, I think I think everybody kind of has that experience. You know, they they draw as a kid, and then at, at some point you either you know stop or find something else, or or you know lose lose uh, track of it. But I just never you know lost track with. I just it's something I just sort of stuck with forever. So like I don't I don't recall a, a time of like not drawing and and saying okay let me let me start drawing. So it was just one of those things I just you know, stuck with and, and, you know, all the way up to today. So I'm guessing your family was pretty supportive. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were. And, um, you know, other, other people in my family drew and, uh, my mom, uh, you know, she did, you know, a lot of art, like, uh, uh, I was, I was pretty young, like around the time she stopped drawing, but, but, you know, I, I still have, you know, memories of her drawing and stuff too. So it was, you know, like it ran in the family, although uh, nobody else did it professionally. Cool. So how did you break into the comics industry? Well, um, there, you know, uh, the earliest, earliest, um, like sort of, I guess, breaking into the comics industry was, uh, that I, I got, uh, like I did sort of like zine comics, you know, self-published comics with like other, other guys and, and then, uh, applied for the Zurich grant, which is, um, it doesn't exist anymore, but it's, um, Peter Laird, the co-creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he created this grant to sort of help, uh, you know, people who are just starting out in comics uh, sort of figure out how to how to self-publish and make it, uh, you know, self-sustaining and, and, and productive. And so it was a, a grant that they'd offered to pay the printing costs for like your first comic and, and, and you know, the, the grant application process sort of, you know, forces you to figure out, okay, how, how do I, you know, self-publish a comic? So that was the very beginning. So I did a comic called Myth of Eight Opus and, you know, printed it with that grant and did um, five, five issues of it as like just sort of a regular comic. And then it then did uh, uh, four um, original graphic novels with, with that afterwards. And so 
um, like around around the time of like issue of the fifth issue of uh, Myth of Eight Opus, like I had sent that around to different um, you know people in comics, and uh, Eric Larson at Image took a liking to it, so he um, got me a job doing you know doing like a little bit of uh, like a few pages on on like a Fantastic Four miniseries, and then uh, you know uh, got me uh, you know a, a, a job working on. Uh, Freedom Force, the uh, the comic based on the video game, and then and then Godland. Uh, you know, he sort of hooked me up with Joe Casey, and then and said, "Hey, why don't you two guys get together and see if you can come up with something?" And so so we came up with Godland. So that was that was it. So that was sort of one one piece of breaking in. But um, cool. Uh, were you gonna go on? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. The the I mean, Sorry. I guess the other the other piece of it because like I was I was doing Godland. Uh, you know, for for a bunch of years while also working a, a, you know, a job on the side, you know, uh, having some kind of like other job. But um, like, I kind of feel like the other half of breaking into comics happened just recently where I like finally, you know, just sort of, you know, quit the, the, the day job that I was working at and, and set, you know, sort of set my, a goal for myself of, you know, figure out some way of making your living from comics or whatever it takes. And so then that's when I started, you know, sending, it, like just closely examining the submissions requirements for of of all the various publishers, and then following them to the letter, and then uh, the first the first one that that bore fruit was IDW. Uh, John Barber, uh, you nice. know, re- replied so, to it. And so yeah. So so your submission was a treatment for the GI Joe Transformers? No, not at all. It was no. just um, like I, IDW's uh, submissions policy is incredibly uh, open compared to other ones. It's just you know send us a link of some of your art. You know, and and like that's all there was to because some of the other companies like uh, Marvel actually doesn't have any like they say please don't send us any submissions they have no submission policy and then DC's submission policy is that you have to go to one of their um, one of their conventions that they participate in and then like you fill out this form and do so you know all of them had all the you know they all had these hurdles but IDW's was just send us a link you know and so I, I sent them a link and you know it it, it happened that fast and then uh, you know John said you know hey. Uh, do you want to do a you know cover for Black uh, Dynamite? So I did that, and then not too long after, he's like, "What do you think about doing a uh, Transformers GI Joe?" So wow, here we that's are. That's really cool. Um, so I guess like what, what would you say the best uh, the series that you're best known for is series I'm best known for? I mean, it's it's hard to say. I, like I guess it would be Godland because that's the okay. one I've done the longest. There's uh, you know like more copies of that uh, you know out there and sold than anything else I've done. Um, I mean, American Barbarian made a, a pretty big mark, uh, but um, just because it hasn't been around as long, and you know by virtue of that there aren't as many copies long. But it it feels like there's a lot of there might be more people that know me from from American Barbarian, but that's hard. But I can definitely say yeah, Godland would be would be the big one. Okay, cool. Um, and what, what's the process for drawing? Do you do you use pencil and paper, or are you digital? Uh, I I use both. I mean, I I use pencil and paper, ink sometimes, just pencil sometimes, and then uh, since I since I color my own work now, you know, I'll scan it in and then you know do all kinds of color uh, work on the computer and add all kinds of different like textures, scan in different uh, papers and things to get that sort of like aged look so that it, it looks like, you know, a comic that's been around a while or, or mm-hmm. has like a texture to it. So it's a lot of cool. digital trickery to, to make it look like a pre-digital comic. Right. And so 
um, how do you feel about the digital solutions out there, like the Wacom tablets and various various like tablets, like iPads and whatnot? Do you think there's something that you would look into in the future? Yeah, I could. I mean, I could see myself like just sort of segueing into that. Um, I mean, when I, you know, for years and years, like like with Godland, I I didn't color it myself uh, for a lot of years. Like I would color like maybe some covers here and there, do some color guides, but uh, you know, always worked with another colorist on it. And it was just as time went on, I I felt that 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 color portion was just so important. I needed, you know, like I felt like I needed to be like more and more a part of it. So then. I, you know, started incorporating that more into my process. So, I mean, it's, it's entirely possible that, you know, once, once you make that jump from, uh, you know, just working on, on a pencil and paper to, you know, partially working digitally, you know, it, it, it doesn't take long before you, you go all the way over. So I, I could see that happening, but as of now, right. I, I really do enjoy, you know, the paper and, and, uh, you know, like, I, like, I feel like I have more control and just displays are better. Like, uh, your, your eyes looking at a piece of paper, um, has so much more resolution than than, right. than screen, like even the best screen right now. Yeah. yeah, eventually you'll see some pixels on a screen, no matter how good it is. Yeah, you you sort of have to zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, where like you don't have to do that, uh, you know, with your eyes looking at a piece of paper because you see it at, at such a you know such an incredibly high resolution. Cool. So, um, you know, you're also a co-writer on the, the Transformers GI Joe project. Um, what are some of the tools you use to to do in your writing? Um, I you know just like a, like a pad and paper. Um, I'll, you know, just sort of like write as much as I can, uh, like in, in notebooks and stuff. Uh, and then eventually try to like put something a little more formal together, you know, uh, uh, you know, with like a word process or, you know, just kind of, um, just to kind of get that final version. But uh, like another part of my writing process is, um, at a certain point when I feel like I've sort of, uh, exhausted, you know, like, like, the, the ideas and the, for the story, like when I feel like I have a somewhat formed version of the story and I'm not sure like where to take it next, I'll start making like a really like simple comic version of it. I'll, um, you know, draw it, uh, you know, very, you know, quickly and roughly and, and maybe even color it a little bit and, and then just read that, like see how that reads as a comic and then make adjustments that way. So I'll, I'll rewrite, uh, things sort of like once it's a drawing, certain things come out in the story. Like maybe there's, you know, a secondary character or something that you put in just to sort of uh, fill space in the visual composition that all of a sudden opens up possibilities of, you know, oh, what's this guy up to? What's what's on his mind? And and so that's that's been the process so far for for the first um, three issues uh, that I've been working on. Cool. Yoshi, did you want to follow up with any of these the writing ones? Um, yeah, I just as somebody who enjoys writing as a hobby, I just, do you have any tips for for people who are writing? I mean, do you? It sounds like you really do prefer pen to paper, but is there? I mean, any books or any any tips for for people in general who want to write? I mean, I like I've read uh, just throughout my lifetime. I've read a lot of um, sort of you know screenwriting books. Uh, there's, I think it's called On Film. It's it's the one that uh, David Mamet wrote, and uh, I think it's called On Film and. Uh, I remember years and years ago, like Brian Bendis recommended it, it, it like I, like uh, at a convention, he was given a talk about like, you know, how to how to be a comics writer or whatever that years and years, like right before he really hit as like, you know, the writer at Marvel, uh, you know, he he had, you know, just I think he had just started working on Ultimate Spider-Man or something. He's like uh, and he recommended that book. And I thought, OK, I got to keep that in mind. And then it wasn't until years and years later, I actually like, you know, got a hold of it and read it. But that one was really helpful. And sort of the way he um, 
the way he described it was that it's like the book talks about like in screenwriting to try and like cut things down and cut things down and cut and, and, you know, enter a scene late, leave a scene early and, and just be as economical as possible. And that like those, those lessons are, are really like interesting and helpful for film, but they're incredibly helpful for comics where, you know, it's got this, you know, in most cases has a set formula where it's like 20 pages. You have, you know, you only have so many pictures, you know, you can fit in. And so, uh, you have to be lean and mean you have to. And so, um, like that, that book was incredibly helpful. So, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. just, you know, just, you know, study, studying as much as you can just on, you know, the art of storytelling. And then the, the other thing I say to, to writers, uh, like, especially, um, especially somebody who's like just starting out is that every, like everything you have to be willing in at the very beginning of any project to write just really bad stuff. Cause at the very beginning, any story, like every great story tar- starts out as a bad story. Um, right. The, you, you probably had those experiences where like you're writing it down. You're like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? this? I think it's an Oscar Wilde quote. The first draft of anything is shit. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so true. But if you just write it, get it out there. And, and that's also why I like making like a real simple version of a comic first and then like making that part of my writing process, because once you just sort of expel it and get it out there, you can kind of look at it and say, OK, this thing's working, this thing's not and, and move the pieces around. And if you like work that thing long enough, it's going to eventually turn into something. Right. And, and, and it, it's amazing how often that happens. The, the one uh, thing is that uh, comics is so deadline driven that you do reach a point eventually where you just can't play anymore. You know, so sometimes, uh, you know, if you're writing something, uh, you know, like a like a novel or, or a graphic novel that wasn't you know, tied to like a timetable the way, the way like, you know, monthly comics are, you could sort of pick it apart, pick it apart until it's perfect. Where with monthly comics, you kind of get it as good as it's going to get. And then, you know, hope for the best, you know, once, once uh-huh. the, the bell rings and you have to, you know, turn it Fix in. Fix it in the trade. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so along that same lines, what would you have any tips for aspiring artists out there? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's similar advice, you know, to just, you know, keep drawing and keep drawing and, uh, get it in front of people's faces, however you can, like, and at, at whatever level, if you're just starting out, you know, and you're not that good, just get it in front of people's faces because that's when you really start to make progress is when you're aware of an audience and aware that, okay, I'm going to have to put this in front. Like, this isn't going to stay in my notebook and I'm the only one who's going to see it. Like people are actually going to see this. They're going to pick it apart. They're going to have questions. They're going to have criticisms that's when you like really grow as an artist. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd, I'd also say to just, um, to, to try everything, you know, try, you know, think about the things you like and try those, but then think about the things that bother you that, that like, you know, when you see somebody, you know, drawing something or in a certain way that you don't like, try it, like, just kind of see, like get, acquire as many tools as you can and, and try to draw everything. Like, don't just draw the things that are fun or easy to draw, like really push yourself you know, push, like, see what your limits are and, and, and keep trying to push those. You know, I've, I've, I've heard these questions asked of, of artists before for years and I, and you've, you've provided some answers I've never heard of before. So thank you for that. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask you, uh, what's the last really good book you read? The last really good book I read. I mean, you know what, I guess the, the one that's coming to mind, it was a, a book of essay. It, it was a book of essays about, the movie they live and uh, uh and i had never seen the movie they live before but i i'd seen just little like sort of snippets of it 
and I was curious about like it looked like something I would like. And so like I, I thought, you know, was is this like based on a novel or something? So I, I you know, uh, uh, went to the library and, and I saw, oh, they live. Let me order that. And it was it was just a book of like a series of essays about they live. And it was like just fascinating. It was like a, a moment by moment sort of taking a part of the movie they live. And, uh, you know, and, and I also ordered the movie, too. So I, so it was, it was just kind of weird to, to sort of discover this like crazy John Carpenter movie and read this like incredibly detailed piece by piece taking a part of the movie like at the same time like it was it was um it was it was kind of uh like invigorating uh, uh intoxicating i guess like it was um but yeah that was like sort of the most recent crazy you know uh, book that that uh, left an impression on me gotcha and, and my last question is what are you reading right now uh i mean for the past few months i've basically been reading nothing but transformers and gi joe comics uh you know over and over. And then like, I, I, I've been kind of like working, um, into my diet, uh, you know, th- things that I think might be helpful, like for this, like, you know, some Kirby comics, some, uh, war comics, just, uh, but, but it's been a steady diet of just because like, I need to sort of, uh, catch up a little, like, like I, it's, it's my homework. Sure. Yeah. No, no, and, and as a fan of, of Transformers and stuff, the posts I've seen around the internet of you talking about your process of reading all of this stuff and deconstructing it, I think has been encouraging. And, and, uh, uh, you know, as a fan, I think it's, I, I'm, I'm way more accepting of, of what you're trying and what you're, what you're, you're producing because of all the effort you're going to, to make sure, you know, you're getting it right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, I'm fortunate that I'm working on something like this where there is a body of work. Like it's, it's uh, so much easier than when you're just sort of creating something out of whole cloth. There's just nothing like it's, it's all things you're, you're making up and you're kind of, you're, it's, you can get lost a little bit. Like it's hard to find your feet where with this, there's like an established lore and I just need to acquaint myself with it. And I, I want to acquaint myself to like such a degree with it that I know it inside and out and that I can, you know, like that, that I basically want to make these characters as real as possible to me, uh, in order to, to tell stories about them. Right. Very, very cool. I'm going to pass it back to Jeremy now. Okay. So I mean, besides the obvious Transformers GI Joe that you're working on, uh, do you have a dream project that you would like to work on in comics? Uh, that's, that's hard to say. Like, I, I mean, my greatest ambition is to just sort of, you know, work on my own things that I create and, uh, if I if I had to just sort of pick something to work on, like Transformers versus GI Joe is kind of great because it's something that I you know have nostalgia for that 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 I enjoy that that sort of plays to my strengths. You know I like sci-fi, I like giant robots, I like sort of you know action hero kind of stuff. So I mean that like I can't really think of something existing that I could I, I guess uh, that would be better than that. I guess like I'm I'm such a fan of Kirby, but for some reason. Like working on like you know the Avengers or like wouldn't like wouldn't really do it for me just because I you know like I like I feel like Kirby did such like the definitive version of those things it would be kind of hard for me to approach them but I, I um so there's that but like New Gods like Kirby's DC stuff is something I've always wanted to work on and I I actually tried it like I thought you know what if that's if that's my dream project if that's something existing that I would really like to work on well let me just see what that's like so I kind of uh, just for fun, like did sort of, okay, it, pretend I, I got the assignment of, of my dreams to, to work on new gods, to do like a, like a new, new gods, exactly the way I wanted to do. And I started writing that sort of work, just sort of see what it was. And 
I kind of got it out of my system. It was, and it was like, I've never, I've never uh, presented it or anything like I've never shown it. To, it's just something that I sort of did for my own. And it's like as, as high of an opinion as I have of that series, like as much as I love it, working on it just isn't as much fun as, as working the idea on it. of working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And also not as, not as much fun as just sort of inventing something of my own that maybe plays to what it is that I like about that in the first place. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of restrictions when you're working on right. something that you like so much that it's like, okay, I want to make sure I do justice to this part. And I want to make sure I, I address this existing. And, and there's sometimes, you know, things you have to, uh, rectify, you know, within the work where if you're creating something new out of whole cloth, there's nothing like that at all. Like you, you only introduce the things that, that you feel need to be there. Right. Well, whether your um, your opinion uh, on digital versus physical, because I mean, we've noticed that like American Barbarian, you're releasing on your website. Yeah. Um, and you know, Comixology is huge, and you know, and they were recently purchased by Amazon. So right. Um, what what do you, what are your opinions on the digital comics, and then also the future of physical comics? I I mean, for digital comics, to me, it's you know like another way of getting my stuff out there. So I have. Uh, like I like I have American Barbarian. I just started serializing on Comicsology, and it, like it seems like digital comics are here to stay. Uh, you know, displays keep getting better and, and easier to use. Uh, for me personally, I'll always like, like I I you know much as a as a reader, I much prefer um, the physical like actual comic over a digital comic. But um, I mean, digital both both will have their place but uh, digital seems to be growing and growing and and there doesn't seem to be a limit to it so and i think we're going to reach a point where paper and digital are indistinguishable from each other you know like in like in uh minority report where you know they're reading newspapers that are actually like it's a rustly paper newspaper but it's got like moving digital displays on it like i'm I'm sure i'm sure that exists somewhere in some laboratory and it's only a matter of time you know to make it uh you know like a cheap enough consumer good yeah i mean it'd be neat to like subscribe to a title and they just send you this blank book and as long as you're paying it'll have content come in yeah totally yeah so where, where do you see the comics in like the next five to ten years like the the whole industry. That's tough because I, I, I really, uh, you know, five years ago, I couldn't have predicted it being, you know, where it is now. Uh, when I started in comics, it was like uh, the late 90s, you know, just just uh, like 99, I guess. And everybody's like like I was trying to get into comics and everybody was saying it's done. It's over. It's it's on its, you know, uh, Marvel declared bankruptcy. Like, you know, the, the big, you know, the biggest comics company declared bankruptcy. It's it's a, like comics is on fumes. And then here we are, you know, uh, uh, 2014 and it's going strong. It's so I don't know. I mean, five years from now, uh, like it seems like uh, Kickstarter and crowdfunding have sort of just changed that whole publishing model. Like I, just about every publisher has incorporated, you know, Kickstarter or, or some sort of crowdfunding into their business model. So I like I do think that in five years, you know, you're going to see a lot less of people, um, you know, uh, going through like major publishers. You're going to see a lot of people just, you know, doing their own, uh, you know, just coming up with their comic and, and running that whole publishing business themselves via some sort of, you know, crowdfunding model. So I, th- I think that's the, the, like, you know, the biggest change that I see coming. Cool. And then, um, then with digital, you also have the issues of piracy. What, what are your opinions on that? 
I mean, piracy doesn't, uh, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't frighten me because it's just, it's, it's, to me, it's like the radio. It's just like another way of getting your content out there and spread and people share it. And as long as, uh, you know, some like as long as you have something for sale, something to offer, you know, to enough people, you'll be able to, you know, uh, sustain yourself and support yourself, yourself as an artist. So I think there's always going to be that. I think there's always there's going to be the people who, you know, don't want to don't want to pay for anything and don't don't have to pay for anything and don't see any, uh, you know, compelling uh, moral or ethical reason why they should pay for things. But um, there'll always be, you know, people who if they like your work, they want to somehow reward you or somehow encourage you. Right. And, and currently the way we do that is with you know money, but, uh, you know, great answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's some people that just wouldn't pay you regardless. So why even waste energy? Right. It's just, I, I mean, you, you can't put a genie back in the bottle. Like, you know, that's, it's just, you know, part of life. Yep. All right. So now onto some more of the like light questions, not, you know, stuff as deep and, stressful as piracy <laughs> how did you first get into transformers i mean i was you know i was i was a, a a little kid when when they first came out in uh you know like 83 or 84 whatever it was and um you know i just you know got caught up in that whole craze I, like i remember seeing them and, and thinking they were the greatest thing uh i remember watching the card like the very very first cartoon and it, you know just you know seeing these like you know spaceships on this weird planet chasing each other and talking like talking about megatron and who's megatron you know what's this gonna, you know and just watching it unfold so i was there you know from the very beginning uh and um you know had i had i had friends who had the toys i like i my parents didn't really get on board with the toys uh I, I could have I could afford GoBots, you know, with my allowance. GoBots were like three dollars, where like a Transformer was like seven, eight, nine, ten dollars. So uh, it was like you know a couple years before, like fr between want wanting Transformers and getting uh, actual Transformers. But I I you know play with like my GoBots, like I like I had a GoBot that was a red, white, and blue eighteen wheeler, and I pretended that was Optimus Prime. You know. Well, I'm sure Yoshi would agree. That's practically Optimus Prime. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> so Charles, you had a question. Yeah, I, I just wanted to ask, uh, which made the bigger impression on you as a kid, GI Joe or Transformers? Um, I mean, I, I'd say definitely Transformers. I, I'm just so much more of a sci-fi fan, and just that like crazy world that Transformers created, and and watching it like the way it progressed too. Like it it had like sort of an ongoing story and i just that whole thing of how you're watching you know you're watching them first come come to earth you know there's a lot of like you know spider-man or 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 uh you know captain america or stuff those things felt like they belonged to like another generation that they were you know like maybe like our parents or our grandparents mm -hmm. thing but transformers felt like it was happening right now it was for us and you know just watching that whole thing unfold and then the way it kept moving into the future like the, the movie came out and then after the movie it like suddenly jumps to, you know, 2005 and you're just watching this like ongoing story and, and like, and I just kind of wanted it to keep going too. I want to, you know, uh, you know, you come home from school and watch, you know, as it unfolds and then, then it just kind of stopped. Yeah. And I lost that touch now with GI Joe. I mean, I watched every episode. I enjoyed it, but, um, like it didn't speak to me as directly, uh, just because it was, because it wasn't about giant robots that, that, you know, transform into things from another planet. It, it was, uh, a little like as as uh, 
insane and out there as G.I. Joe was, it still was a little more mundane, a little more uh, real world. And it wasn't until uh, relatively recently, like just just doing the, the research for this comp that I really like fell in love with the G.I. Joe comic. I, I I'd only read a handful of G.I. Joe comics prior to that and, and just diving head first. It's it's you know just this incredible comic. Cool. Thanks. So when, when you're reading these, um, the G.I. Joe comics, have you been reading any of the, the newer ones like um, the IDW's been putting out? Yeah, I, I, I sort of started there because they were easier to get a hold of. Like, I, like I, you know, as I as I was uh, sort of building my own personal collection of comics. And um, yeah, I, the the uh, Mike Costa did the the famous uh, like um, Tomax and Zamot ones uh, about chuckles i like that a lot and then just like sort of the regular chuck dixon series yeah so, that's yeah, what i was I mean, thinking the, of the the one that continued the marvel series yeah uh, the now the chuck dixon one seemed like it was kind of like a reboot of the marvel but then there's the larry hama one that actually does pick up where the old comic left off and i haven't read any of those yet i would like okay. to like I, I i did read some of the uh transformers that the the simon Furman transformers that pick up where the old series left off. And I like those. So I, I, I do want to, you know, get a hold of some of those, those, uh, you know, and, and read like, I'm, I'm curious, like I have an idea in my head of how Larry picked up where, where, uh, GI Joe left off. And I'm curious to see how he actually handled it. Cause there's a couple of ways you could, you could, you could approach that. And there's, you know, some ways like, like if I were doing it, I would approach. So I'm curious to see how he did it, but I, I haven't checked those out yet. Okay, cool. I've heard they're, they're pretty popular. Mm-hmm. I, um, have you done any transformers or GI Joe art before this project? That's a good question. I, I mean, I probably haven't. Like, I mean, there there was a point where I thought about, like, with one of my comics, with um, with uh, one of my creator-owned comics, uh, Myth of Eight Opus, like, I, I was thinking about, like, how great those Transformers designs are, just how, like, those original Transformers, how blocky everybody is. And how, and so I thought of, like, you know, creating some sort of, like, you know, armor and, and like, sort of, like, new costumes and stuff for, for, my, for Myth of Eight Opus that had that same kind of volume and geometric quality that the transformers had, but, but nothing direct, no, like actually. So yeah, I don't, I don't believe I ever, uh, drew a transformer until, until, you know, the stuff for this. Wow. Cool. Um, so for this crossover, do you have a favorite faction or favorite between the two brands? You mean like, Decepticon? well, no, I was just between transformers and GI Joe, but I guess you've already answered that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like, I like both of them. Like, um, like there's things about each of them. Like, I, um, it, it's kind of like Transformers is something that that I've always liked, and then GI Joe is something that I've newly felt fallen in love with. So it's kind of you know, like, like your your new, uh, intri- your new love versus you know, like like an old friend. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like each each one has its you know things that that recommend. So I, I mean, I guess like with the gun to my head, it's. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's hard to say. It, it, okay. it is really like hard to say because <laughs> I was gonna say with a gun to my head, you know, like transform, like Optimus Prime, like like you can't beat that. But then I'm thinking, you know, the Snake Eyes and uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. So in in the previews that that we've seen for the the Transformers versus GI Joe comic, they have a, a distinctive style reminiscent of like an old '60s Silver Age comic and. And right. also have you have some Jack Kirby elements in there, so mm-hmm. like what exactly are you trying to capture in that style? Just um, like a classicism, uh, make this feel like 
okay, it's these, you know, these things were, uh, you know, Transformers was created in like what, like 84 or something. Uh, right. G.I. Joe was created like maybe 80, 81. Like, I, I, like I'm not, you know, the, the, the G.I. Joe that we know. Yeah. And so now it's 2014 and I'm creating a new series. But, and like Alan Moore talked about this with League of Extraordinary Gen- Gentlemen, like it's 2014. How do I make my comic feel like it's the first comic? Feel like this is like the original this is the only like this is the one that matters and everything else is secondary to this because i mean you know uh, like this is you know there have been years and years worth of these comics so how do you do one now and make it feel vital and 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 that this is the real one and for like for like alan moore with league of extraordinary gentlemen he thought like how do you do another super like there have been a million superhero comics how do you do a superhero comic that feels like this is fresh this is the new this this one's important this isn't the millionth superhero comic this is the first superhero comic so the way he did it was he started with he said it in you know like like the, the late 1800s with like the very first sort of proto superheroes that the sort of g- genre uh you know the advent these early early adventure genre characters you know from from dracula and sherlock holmes and and uh um uh the um king solomon's minds and you know uh and so that was kind of like to me that art style does that it's like you know somebody seeing that would be like what okay wait is this like is this the first year is this like some gi joe comic from the 60s like they do they were doing transformers comics in the 60s you know uh, you know like <laughs> right. that that sort of that sort of thing you know like this is and even though it doesn't uh, like we don't specify a time period, but, but there's, you know, things that are, that are modern and stuff. Um, so it's like, it, it establishes this as like, you're looking at something classic, something that's time tested and been around forever. Uh, of course, you know, it was just made a couple months ago, but, but you know, like the end, um, uh, the, like the, the, uh, Batman animated series from the nineties kind of did that too. It was like, right. it was a cartoon in the nineties, but it looked like stylistically, like it was from the thirties. And so it gave it a little more authority, a little more gravitas, a little more like, okay, this isn't just a flash in the pan. This isn't just like some new, you know, Batman, uh, cartoon of the month. This is the real deal. This is the real thing. So that, you know, that's kind of what that style does uh, in my opinion. Cool. Um, it's too bad. IDW can't put it out on that, you know, the classic paper instead of the, the new shiny paper that the comics use now. Yeah, it's I mean, I'm trying to use the strengths of that shiny paper that like if if I've been working on that shiny paper for so many years that I really know how like what the limits are of it, how to get the best out of it, what to get. So this approach is made like sort of specifically for that kind of paper. If 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 I were using like like that old kind of paper, something toothy or something that's like maybe like a fake newsprint, uh, I'd approach it a little bit differently because you can actually like instead of having to do all that aging and messing around digitally, I could just do a relatively clean file and let the paper and the ink do, you know, do all that work for me. Right. So it's just like, I I have that, I have that medium, the medium of digital printing on glossy paper. I have that medium figured out. So, so I've come up with all this, these tricks. If, if I were to actually do it the old way, I'd have to, you know, rethink my approach. Cool. I can't wait to see it. Um, so, and on this book, you're doing the, you're co-writing with John Barber, and right. then you're also handling the art and the letters and the colors. Do you think yes. it's going to be a, a challenge to keep on schedule with all those tasks for a monthly? I, I mean, no, like I don't, there's always going to be a challenge of staying uh, on schedule with a monthly comic in general. Like a monthly comics 
in general, beat you up. They're, like I, I, I know people who've had you know relationships destroyed from them. It's it they're they're very taxing. Like you you it's like running a marathon. You have to like stay on top. So and that's that would be even if even if I were just drawing it or or just penciling it or what you know. Um, the good thing about doing it all myself is that I can you know mess around and play with it up until the very last moment. So, so I, it actually almost gives me more time to work. Like if I were just penciling it, I'd have this very narrow range of time to get it exactly the way I want it and then hand it off to another guy and, and make sure that he has enough time to do his thing. And, uh, you know, like I, I, and I won't be standing over his shoulder making sure, Oh wait, you, you, you missed this part or you missed that, you know, since right. it's me, I can kind of, you know, mess around. And, and so a lot of the drawing is part of my writing process. Like I was saying, like, I, you know, sort yeah, so, of so you already this, have a sketch kind of worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm working across all of those disciplines sort of at, you know, at the same time, just moving all those pieces around. You're doing the Marvel method of a uh, comics creation. It, no, I, the, the closest thing I can think of method wise is like, I kind of call it like the Dan dare method. Uh, there's this, uh, comic uh, that ran for years and years in England called Dan Dare, and they basically had this like was basically almost like a, like an assembly line where they had a you know it was incredibly labor intensive. It was a bunch of guys. They'd build models of 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 the various spaceships and things. They they like one guy would handle like this the drawing of this kind of thing. One guy would handle like it was an extremely labor intensive way of making a comic, almost to the point where you think. Is it even worth? Is it even worth putting all that work and effort into making a comic? And that's what I want to like. I want to. I want to see what happens when I put an insane amount of effort into making a comic. So uh, I, you know, like like uh, between me, me and John, I try to make this script as like perfect as possible. I try to make you know the images as perfect as but like like just you know to the best of my ability. So so I that's that's the that's what how I think of it. The Dan Dare method. Okay, I, I've done Marvel Method, and uh, I mean, the the problem with that is, I mean, like the the thing that I like about the method I'm using now, as opposed to the, to the Marvel Method, is, uh, you know, you kind of sort of half figure out the script. You don't have it quite figured out before you start drawing, and then you sort of hope for the best. Where with this, I try to make a script that's airtight, but then when it comes time to draw it, give myself permission to change it as much as I need, and maybe even. In- if I want, but, but like, I feel like you need, you need like as a spine, like a, a, a thoroughly figured out story you know, right. before you start drawing. Okay. Even if it's not ultimately the story you end up using. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what, what is the, your collaboration process with John Barber? Well, um, so far it's, uh, we're currently working on the third issue, which would be issue two, but, um, it's basically like, you know, um, like I put together like a draft of the script, send it to him. He does some stuff to it, you know, adds some stuff, uh, you know, throws some ideas, uh, says, you know, maybe this, maybe that, you know, sends it back to me. I make some I, I do my thing with it, send it back to him. And we just sort of bat it back and forth like like a like a ping pong game until it feels like it's there until it feels like what it is. And so, I mean, we finished two issues that way. I love the way both of them turned out. I, I think uh, like I put them up against anything I've done in my in my uh, career. Uh, like I'm, I'm just couldn't be happier with. So, I mean, we'll keep doing that. But who knows? I mean, maybe, uh, you know, at some point in this issue or the next issue, like the 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 
process totally changes and, you know, uh, you know, it, maybe it goes, goes a different way, but it, it's, uh, that that's it as of now, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, I, I, I imagine like any collaboration, it evolves. So it'll be interesting to see where it evolves, but that's where it is now. And if, if we just kept doing it exactly this way, I'd, I'd be totally happy because I love the results, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of excited to see what, you know, it, if it evolves into something else altogether, that's, that's even better. Cool. Uh, so what, do you have any opinions on the, the previous GI Joe transformers, um, crossovers? Um, I read the very first one and I, I would love to do just for fun, do sort of like a cover version of it because there's, there's some like interesting moments and cool th- and, and things that if you like really pushed them could be kind of crazy and kind of fun. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't deliver what you're looking like it, like, you know, I sort of have, you have an image in your head of what it's going to be and then you read it and it didn't live up to it. It, uh, didn't have, uh, it didn't resolve in an interesting way. It, it didn't, have like all the characters that you wanted to see certain characters disappear just because of because it was tied to the the continuity of the time so uh some characters were out of play because they were you know killed off in the main series or or went from bad to good or good to bad you know so it it's like in and of itself it's not a you know coherent cohesive enjoyable story uh you know for for my money but there were a lot of interesting things like I, like I did sort of look, you know, find some, some interesting things in there and that, that were sort of useful for my process. And then I read, I read another one, which was more recent. I think it might've been when Dreamwave held the license or something. It was, um, I'm not sure which, cause there, there, there've been a bunch. Of, yeah. There, of there was the Marvel, then Dreamwave. And then I think devils do before IDW got, okay. got the license. Yeah. There, I mean, uh, I've, I've, I've thumbed through a couple of them and then there was one that I actually read and it, um, not sure which, which one it was, but it, you know, didn't, didn't have that sort of big sense of importance that I felt like, uh, these things like, a, like a Transformers and GI Joe needed it. Like it felt kind of, uh, sort of one off just kind of like, Oh, you know, here's like a, a little adventure with these guys in it. Like, um, but I'm, but I'm not sure which one it was. And, um, I mean, they, I know that IDW reprinted all of them. Like you, you can get all, and, IDW sent me a bunch of material, a bunch of like uh, compilations of GI Joe, of Transformers, the UK Transformers, all this stuff. And I'm sort of like, I'm wondering, should I ask them for that other? Do I want to read it? Do I, will it influence me too much? Well, you know, will it uh, maybe like if I, if I read one of those and there was some character or plot development that was somewhat similar to something that I was doing, like, would it just kill it? Like, would I be like, Okay, forget it. I can't have you know this, this, and this happen because they already sort of did a twist on that, you know, in you know 1997 or what, you know. So I'm kind of f- frozen there. Like, you know, do I do I read it or I do, do I just kind of ignore it and 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 you know do my version as if those don't exist? But I felt like I had to read the Marvel one at least. Cool. So I mean, this is the first time that the the two properties have been put into an ongoing crossover rather than like a, a few issue limited series. What kind of of long term vision do you have for the the comic? Well, I I have um I have sort of like a like I was going to say twelve issue arc, but since we have that zero issue, it's it's like a thirteen. So I have a vision for like that first like year, like a like a, okay. like a thirteen issue thing, and then I have a less clear vision of beyond that. But you know, I have you know I have I like I have ideas, uh, you know to various degrees for, you know, the foreseeable future. The, um, I mean, the, the thing that happens though, 
um, when you're writing like a monthly ongoing thing is when you sit down to do that final version and it comes together and then it's an actual comic and you read it and you can look at it as an actual thing, possibilities open up that you weren't aware of characters that were just sort of in the background come to the foreground you get. So, um, so far these three issues in some of the things that were part of that master plan have found their way in. And then some things that I never could have dreamed of in a million years have sort of manifested themselves and they're, you know, like a hundred times better what I envisioned. But, but again, just, just, um, you know, like that I have this like larger master plan that I can sort of build off of and, and just sort of help me get a view like of the lay of the land of this, like, you know, massive, massive undertaking is really helpful. Well, I think um, James Roberts had the same kind of plan for more than meets the eye for like, he had the, a big plan for like the whole first year and that turned out great. So, you know, that's obviously a good blueprint to follow. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, whatever, like if, if, um, you know, like I s- end up staying on this comic for, you know, you know, a, a few years or whatever, like, or, or, or at whatever point that, you know, the ride ends and like I hand it off to the next guy or whatever, I'll have, like, I'll just sort of hand over everything, say, OK, here's where I would have taken it. You know, like, you'll, you know, you're going to do whatever you're going to do, I'm sure. But here's where I would have taken it. Just, you know, if, if this helps at all, you know, here you go. So, like, I feel like, uh, you know, if, if, if I work 10 years ahead, it, it won't be in vain. It's like like if I figure out where these characters are 10 years from now, even if I'm not necessarily still working on the comic 10 years from now, it'll still help me make decisions about like what they're doing now. Just sort of knowing, you know, where they're headed. Right. Cool. So, um, like Charles and I both realized that you've cleaned out Pittsburgh for pretty much all of the classic Transformers and GI Joe books. Um, any insights that you've you've gained from like all of your 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 deep dive into the the classic books? Oh, I mean, uh, I, like I think that yeah, the best answer will be in the comic itself because okay. so much of what ends up in the comic are sort of my reactions, you know, to these things. I, I mean, just from a critical point of view, like just reading all of them, the, um, the like whole G the whole story of GI Joe, it's like 151 or 152. Like it runs a really long run and there's all like all kinds of stuff where it's kind of builds to this and builds to that. And I haven't read, I think it's issue 150. Like I haven't, I haven't read the final issue and I haven't read the climactic issue. Cause there's, there's like an issue, like somewhere near 150 or 160. like I forget the exact numbers, but there's, sort of like an issue where it's the final battle between snake eyes and Cobra commander. And I haven't read that. I read the one before it. I read the one after that. I, I have cause cause those issues are expensive or they're, uh, you know, kind of hard right. to get a hold of. So I'd like to read that and see, cause like for a long running series, like the thing that sucks so much about, about long running series is they kind of either run too long or get cut short. And so, um, you know, like, like when, when, the GI Joe series was like cooking on all cylinders. It really felt like it was heading towards something big, something big. And then it sort of starts going off in these weird side directions. And you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if, uh, how, how I like it. Anymore. But then all of a sudden it goes into something really interesting. Like, uh, you know, he'll start getting like really political and, uh, and, you know, get really get on a tear and you're like, Oh man, this, this comic's awesome again. And then it, then it starts to go off. On, on a, and so, you know, I'd like to see how that sort of climactic battle went because I imagine it's not as climactic and, uh, sort of final as, as, you know, I would like, or, or as, as the creators, you know, would have liked, but I still want to see how that played out. And then, and then there's that final issue where it's supposed to be sort of like philosophically summing up the whole series with like a letter that snake eyes writes to a friend 
who a friend's son who's considering entering the military. So it's sort of like, you know, Larry Hum is kind of like, you know, final sort of statement on, on this like whole body of work that he worked on. So I'd like to check those. So those things interest me. And then like, as far as transformers, like those, those classic Marvel ones, there's this like incredible turnover of personnel. There's like mass numbers of characters that get introduced and killed off. And, 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 you know, it's it's like almost like this clog of, and I've never I've never really read anything like that. It's almost like there there's someone behind the scenes that has you know toys that they want to push. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's 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 the sort of real world like impetus behind it. But then it's right. like in this fictional world, how does that play off? And it, it, how does that play out? And and it is kind of interesting having because most most comics like don't have enough characters, you know, or or don't have enough uh, consequences, and to have one that's just like glutted with characters it's it's um you know and it, it it makes it feel like more more of a a living breathing world even if there is something driving it that's sort of you know commercial it still feels like this interesting living breathing world and uh it's maybe not as satisfying as like a story where you know there's like a where you get to focus on a limited number of characters but it's definitely like like i feel like there's something to learn from that like it like it's and and also they they with the old transformers comic they sort of had that handoff where it went from being uh, uh, Bob Budiansky writing most right. of it, and then they handed it off to to to, um, to uh, uh, Simon Furman, and and then Jeff Senior, you know, uh, did did you know some of the art here and there, and where there was sort of more of this sort of like authorial vision. I mean, I, I like I like uh, you know Bob Budiansky's run. It, it it had like especially like the stuff that takes place on Cybertron is is really good, but um, like Simon Furman just from you know, having just from being able to sort of play and mess around and do what he he wanted on the UK version was able to kind of make it more his own. So like, it's interesting from that perspective and, and he takes over and it, the quality increases immensely and the story like starts going these interesting places, but then it doesn't last much longer. It's like, it's kind of a shit. It would have been nice to have seen like how it, it would have gone had he had, you know, like as many issues as, 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 uh, like if he had done all of the issues instead of just those tail and, and then, and then it gets canceled and then it gets relaunched as generation two. So I haven't read all of them. Like I, like I've, I've read the ones as I found them. So it's just, um, it's, it's just interesting to see somebody try to bring an authorial vision to something where they're fighting on every level. They're fighting cancellation. They're fighting, uh, against, uh, sort of, or, or, or trying to make the most of, uh, just the demands of, of commerce and the, you know, like, uh, it, it, it's it, like it's it's just really interesting to me that that he was able to spin all those plates and make something that that he's to this day associated with and 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 that's that's what I enjoyed about the the issues that I've read of of his sort of continuation of that story which I I see like he just recently ended like there's there's he created a definitive ending to his Transformers story um, right. Simon Furman yeah and Yoshi is still crying about that he he's the big G one Marvel fan with with these series i mean like i can only imagine what it's like to write you know like a hundred issues of something like and and like i i wonder you know like what happens when you do like like to have to to have a hundred issues of something in you like like what what does what does that be like what do you become as a person as a writer like what does that work turn into for you as a writer like it's interest like uh, you know i'm curious to see to see what's going to happen yeah so um what has hasbro's reaction been to to your book i mean they've they've been behind like uh you know uh, every now and then there's like a couple notes of you know 
you know, maybe, you know, fix this little thing here and this little thing there. But but no, I mean, they, they've been, you know, full steam ahead with with, you know, all. And I mean, we, you know, we're, you know, pushing the envelope and, and doing some, you know, pretty wild stuff that, that hasn't been done with these characters before. So the fact that the notes are all just relate to, to relatively minor things, it, it's it's been awesome. Cool. So have you been reading any of the, the current IDW books? <laughs> The Transformers uh, books. Yeah, yeah, I've been reading. Uh, like, um, you know, uh, uh, John, you know, sent sent me a bunch a bunch of them. I'm reading, uh, you know, his his series. Um, uh, his uh, more than meets the eye and Robots in Disguise. I get them mixed up, but I think his is, is uh, Robots in Disguise or More right. Than Meets the Eye. Okay, and uh, and there there were also there were ones where they do have these sort of flashback scenes that are done in kind of like an old comics. Uh, style. Yeah, and there, like... there were a couple annuals, and and Guido Guidi really, yeah, like emulated that old Marvel art. Yeah, the, yeah, those, the, yeah, those were really interesting. And I've been, uh, like, I've been reading just for 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 years. Uh, you know, basically, you know, all of this uh, this century, I've been reading like the the newer, like when when uh, Dreamwave, I, I guess it was, had the lights. Like, I've been reading on and off, like you know, here and there, Transformers comics all these years, and always always enjoyed them like like i feel like with uh with gi joe um the the issue the comics that speak to me the most are like those old marvel ones but with transformers the more recent ones seem to speak to me more like like um like i love the art i love the way they're they're able to emulate like a like a like an art style that almost looks like the the transformers animated movie like it's a, like right. it looks like you're looking at animation stills and stuff like i like i really enjoy it for, from that point of view the the transformers universe up until recently, like up until I, it, 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 uh, became, you know, my job to, to learn about it, uh, up until then the trans, the larger transformers universe seemed kind of intimidating to me. Like that, like there were just so many characters and so many iterations and it just, but I always enjoyed it on the level of sort of spectacle and just seeing these like, you know, really, uh, you know, well rendered, uh, robots in these, uh, like exotic uh, settings and, and doing battle. Like it, like it's just, um, it's just re- really interesting just from, from like a visual perspective. Cool. Well, speaking of the visual, what do you think of the live action movies? Uh, the live action movies, I've watched all of them and I've watched all of them multiple times. And, um, like I wish, you know, I wish they were a little different. Like, like it, 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 um, like the enjoyment I get is just kind of, you know, purely spectacle, uh, the, but like I, I enjoy the GI Joe movies so much more because the GI Joe movies, like the bu- the budgets are a little bit lower, they're a little bit simpler, but that almost works in their favor because they have to come up with these economic solutions. So they have like these very interesting scenes that play out almost like with no special effects, but it's it's all about like the acting. It's like there's uh, you know some stuff with uh, Zartan disguised as as the president and and bluffing like the nation's leaders into uh, the the world's leaders into. Uh, you know, dumping their nuclear arsenals and things like there's all these like really clever comic booky things in those movies where like the, the, the Transformers movies seem to have these like unlimited budgets and that the, the stuff that's going on with the people never quite lines up with what's going on with the robots. Like it's like, like I want to see this like war between these giant robots and, and, and where the, you know, the, like where you really get inside the heads of like the Transformers characters, but it always seems like, you know, you're watching kind of like like an like an E.T. kind of movie where it's like, OK, I have to hide these robots from my parents and stuff like like they get right. caught up in these things that like I just, you know, I'm not interested in. But uh, 
but I've, I've watched all of them, watched all of them uh, more than once. And I'm going to watch this next one. And you, and you keep hoping it's going to be like, I want to see, I want to see a live action Transformers movie that's as good as the animated one. Like that animated right. movie is rock solid science fiction. It's beautiful. Like they're visually beautiful. Um, it's, I mean, it's not perfect, but, but it's got a story and, and interesting things are happening that, and that the, you know, the characters are central to, and I'd, I'd like to see some of that in the live action. Like, I, I think the, I mean, among like Transformers fans that, that, that animated movie is, is like, you know, that's, that's top of the heap, but um, you know, to the larger, like, I, I think that movie's a little bit uh, like, like undervalued and, and like it, when you think about what science fiction movies were like back then in, in like 85, 86, whatever, like star Wars was over. Like we weren't seeing anything like that anymore. And sci-fi movies were just kind of shitty. And this was one that was incredibly inventive and, and crazy and, and just trying like, like doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But, but because it's transformers, it doesn't like, it's not, you know, like, like people, within sort of this, the, the cinema community dismiss it. But I, I think, I think it's, you know, I think it's, it's, it's really a great movie. Like uh, I have the same feelings for that as I do with Tron, where it's like this movie that was so ahead of its time and just doesn't fit the mold of what people think of as like, Oh, this is a great movie because it, because it just is like a, a new type of movie. And uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of the great like, you know, science fiction movies that we have now, uh, have more in common with the, the Transformers movie of, of 85 or 86, whatever, uh, than they, than, than they do with what else was going on in cinema at that time. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, um, do you have a particular character between Transformers and GI Joe that you would say is your favorite one to draw? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, um, Optimus is my favorite Transformer to draw and, and, uh, Snake Eyes is my favorite Joe to draw. And then, uh, but I mean, those are the obvious, like those are everybody's favorite. So, yeah. I mean, I guess after that, like, um, I mean, I like Destro, to, I like drawing Destro, but then that's kind of obvious. Too. Like, like I'm trying to think who's my favorite, not, you know, not global icon character from those things that I like. To, uh, um, well, I mean, it could be the obvious ones. So yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I love drawing Devastator. Devastator's awesome. I love his color. Uh, like he's, he's, he's really fun to draw. And, uh, um, I really like drawing Hawk, like, like, you know, he's just kind of got that kind of, um, like classic, you know, uh, world war two kind of look to him. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, th- so those are like the, then the not quite prime. To, although if you're a fan of the GI Joe comic, like Hawk is like, is like the top guy, like he's the main guy. But, but if you just sort of grew up with the cartoon, he, he's, he's a little more obscure. So, uh, do you have any plans to attend, uh, Transformers or other conventions this year? Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I, the GI Joe convention just happened, I think like right. last weekend or two weekends ago. And I missed that. And I feel like th- like this comic's not out yet. And when it comes out, it's going to transform everything. Like, like I'm going to be on, like, as of now, it's just all potential. It's, it's like, Oh, you, you know, what's this thing going to be? I don't know what, but once it's like actually out there and people actually get to read it and enjoy it, like, um, like I, th- I think the people who, who sort of run these shows are going to be like, Oh yeah, we got to get this guy out for our show. But as of now, it's like, Oh yeah, it's a Transformers versus GI Joe. Maybe maybe it'll be interesting. Let's see. But but I think once they yeah. see what it is, it'll be different. So uh, I think it was announced this uh, at WonderCon that number one is coming out in July. So yeah, that's like right in the heart of convention season. Yeah, so it might be a little too like like maybe I'll get like a last minute phone call of like oh we got to fly you out for this thing you know. But um, I I mean I feel like once the the free comic book day comes, it, it'll be a very different landscape in terms of. 
you know, Transformers and G.I. Joe fandom's perception of me. Like, I'll go from being an unknown quantity to, like, an actual, like, okay, okay, we know what this guy is. So um, I imagine, yes. And, and I, 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 I'm tentative. Like, I uh, think I'm going to be at BotCon, but, that like, that hasn't been worked out yet. But I imagine once this thing comes out, uh, you know, like, like maybe next year's convention season, you'll, you know, you'll see me there, you know, see me at those things. Okay, cool. Well, Steel City Con is in August too, so. Yes, I mean Steel City uh, it comes around pretty like there, like there isn't there like one a month. A yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like I'm I'm still doing like all the, the sort of comics conventions uh, that I normally like. I'm doing uh, TCAF and uh, Heroes Con and and uh, uh, Appleseed in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Like I, like I'm doing all like the normal comic shows, but there's this whole other circuit of GI Joe related shows and transformers shows and then like just and sort of like toy related shows that i'm currently like like i'm not really in that world yet but i imagine like i will be once once this thing is an actual thing right well I mean, if you do make it to botcon look charles up because it's his first time out there oh, okay we we might be on the plane together <laughs> Could be, yeah yeah well, yeah um so what are your plans for free comic book day i'm going to uh the beguiling which is a store in toronto and uh, I'm, I'm going there with um, my friend Ed Pisker, who does a comic called Hip Hop Family Tree. Like we, we share a studio and we figured we both have free comic book day comics coming out. So if we both did like a free comic book day appearance together, it would kind of, you know, kind of like, you know, double, you know, double the, the, the power of it. So, so we're both heading out to, out to Canada for that. Cool. Well, Daryl's, you know, right outside Toronto. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I've yeah. I've been to the beguiling, yeah. It's cool. it's a nice store. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. And um, I mean, Toronto is just like a great city in general. Like, I love going to Toronto. And uh, the beguiling is just like this this really great store, really uh, well run. And and they've uh, been like supporting my my books like from from day one. Like they've been carrying, uh, you know, like Myth of Eight Opus, my my Zurich Grant book. Like they've been from the very beginning. They've been carrying my book. Um, they 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 make a really like strong effort to kind of be aware of like everything that's going on in comics and, you know, try to try to carry stuff. So, so I definitely appreciate that. Well, I mean, TF cons coming up in July. We can get you out there for that too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll look into the, like, yeah, yeah. Bot, bot con. Maybe it is TF. Con. I, I'm pretty sure it's bot con, but I know one of them, like uh, John Barber goes to. Yeah, bot right con is the official Hasbro yeah. sanction. Okay. That's the one. Okay. So yeah. that's that's the one that I'm I'm most likely going to go to. But yeah, yeah, TFCon sounds interesting yeah. too. So if those guys, you know, right on. get in touch with me, we can see if see if we can make it work. Cool. And so, um, do you collect any of the toys? I used to uh, collect toys, and then I had like m- my basement flooded, and oh. like they, you know, they all got like sort of dry rot, like various toys, not just Transformers and stuff, but like all kinds of toys, and it kind of cured me uh, of the desire to collect toys. Like I kind of, I kind of just like looking at the, these like piles of moldy plastic made me kind of realize like, okay, what am I like? Nothing lasts forever. What am I doing? Like saving, like, like what am I really saying? You know, it kind of made me rethink the whole thing. And so I've, I've never collected toys since then. So, so, oh. so no, like I, like I don't collect them. Although since I started doing this comic, you know, uh, various people have like offered me their collections to borrow, to look at, to use for reference. So I've been using that and, and loving it. Like it's so awesome drawing sound wave and actually having sound wave in your hands and looking at it, you know, to draw them, you know, and, and seeing, cause just, just going by the reference 
uh, you know, like drawings and things. That's one thing, because like you see these shapes, and you're like, okay, what's that shape exactly translate into? But then when you're actually holding it in your hand, you're like, oh, okay, I, now I see why there's that like you know trapezoid on on his so that he can do this and do that. So um, so I feel like I'm kind of uh, almost like a collector through through other people's collections at this moment. Yeah, well, I think a lot of us are when um, with the price of some of these, especially the masterpiece toys. A lot of us are just viewing it from afar. Right. Yeah, they're really beautiful. Like some of this stuff, I think like, OK, now that I'm doing like a Transformers comic, you know, maybe somebody will send me that. Like like there, there was this like really amazingly articulated uh, Optimus Prime. that was just like incredible. And uh, like I was thinking, oh, that would be nice to have, you know, uh, what, what do I have to do to get get my head? But, you know, these things. Yeah. Like you said, they're they're high end. They're they're very expensive. And even like um, now that I'm working on this comic, like if I'm at a store or whatever, I'll sort of check out the toy aisle and look. And there's always like a bunch of, you know, like G.I. Joe or, or Transformers things. And, and I'll kind of check out like like what do these things look like now? Like, what you know, where the, and, and just kind of uh, take notes. Cool. So do you have a, a favorite character in general? Uh, like in comics or something like I mean, my my favorite character in in uh, literature is uh, Dark Side from from you know, Jack Kirby's new gods mythology, who's yeah. since become sort of like the main, like bad guy at, at in, in like the DC universe in general, but like, he's just such a compelling and interesting character. And then, uh, Orion, his son is sort of a close second. He's kind of like, uh, you know, like dark sides, like the Darth Vader and, and Orion is, is like sort of like a Luke Skywalker, um, uh, Sir Lancelot, uh, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of character. But, um, yeah, those are the, you know those would be like my two favorite characters. I'm, I'm just such a such a Kirby fan, and I just you know find that that sort of New Gods mythology to be so compelling. Yeah, I mean, I, I was personally I was a big DC fan up until the New Fifty Two. So yeah, mm-hmm. I read a lot of those um, New Gods stories. There's that those core comics that Kirby created that are just incredible, and then like there, there's there's some things I'm a fan of where like I'm only a fan of like the the like original iterate like I'm only a fan of like when Kirby does this or does that or I'm only a fan of when you know this guy does it but New Gods is like one of those things where I'll at least check out you know like en- like any version of it you know like I'll sort of like kind of check out and, and like I'll like it to varying degrees or, or dislike it but like I, I, I like those are characters that I kind of have to check out um Micronauts is actually like that a little bit for me. Like Micronauts is something I got into relatively recently, like just within the past few years. But it's the same. Like even a a, a shitty Micronauts comic, like I'm, I get something out. Like I I enjoy. So cool. Um, if you could combine Transformers with any other pro- property in, in another crossover book, what do you think it would be, and where do you think you would take the story? Yeah, I mean, like GI Joe seems like like it's the perfect thing to combine it with. Like those those there's something just really compatible about those those two universes. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess um, like at, combine it with Lord of the Rings. Like the Transformers <laughs> show up in Middle Earth and get caught up, you know, and 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 you know, just sort of see how, just just in terms of just how different those universes are. But then you do start to sort of see the similarities. Like there's there's kind of something uh, Tolkien esque about the transformers universe where it's just this sort of like vast a million characters each one has his own story like every everybody's somebody's favorite and there's right like an end like like if you wanted to dive in and just find out everything you you could know about like any one character like it would take you a while like you'd really like like have a, a task on your hands so like, like i feel like i feel like those two things together could be really interesting yeah i think I heard something recently, someone else making that same comparison. Oh, that's interesting. And it, I can't think of where it was, but um, 
I can't think of anything as you know just completely different as those two. And it was just it'd be funny to watch them together. Yeah, yeah. I, I think actually we had Sarah Stone on last week, and we she mentioned that. Oh yeah, that's one. Uh, I, I I think maybe as as kind of a goof, but we didn't uh, we didn't go into it. But that would, that would be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just um like. I feel like if you're a fan of one, there's a pretty good chance you'll be a fan of the other. You know, right. there's something uh, like they kind of a- appeal to the same thing, like just that world building mentality and and uh, like a like a fantasy world that you could lose yourself in. Oh, we need to get you and Sarah Stone together and <laughs> collaborate on a book. It would, if anything, you know, it it would look like nothing else. That's that's so funny. Though. That's so weird. That just like like a week apart. Like we we both had that same because I you know like I kind of thought like oh yeah that that would be a pretty weird pairing but I guess it's not as weird as I thought. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other projects like Transformers or otherwise that that you're able to talk about? No, I mean this. I cleared everything. Like when I got this assignment, like it it seemed so perfect to me. Like like just the perfect use of my skills and what I can do that I thought, you know what, I just got to clear everything off my and just focus entirely on this and make this thing as amazing as possible and and just sort of, you know, build 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 my career around it. Like basically like use this as the as like, you know, one of those things that people point to is like, you know, oh, what's a what's a, a great run on this or what's a, you know, oh, there's, you know, the, the this or there's that like and 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 try to make this one of those. Like make the so I thought like the only way to do that is just to like throw that Hail Mary, like just just put everything I can. So this is it. Like I cleared off everything. Like this is what I'm doing. I'm I'm um eating, sleeping, and breathing Transformers and GI Joe for for the foreseeable future. Wow, cool. I guess the last thing we have before we get to our rapid fire questions is um, have you seen that recent community episode that um featured the animated like 80s style GI Joe? I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of that? Yeah, it was really interesting. Like. Um, I, like, I thought they did a really good job. And one of the things, like, um, I, I could kind of relate to it because they, um, just like as, as, as a writer, cause it's like, uh, all the sort of joke GI Joe characters that they came up with, like the code names are real good. Cause I kind of went through the same thing in my head of like, okay, if, if you were going to make new GI Joe characters now sort of based on, you know, phrases that are in circulation now, or, or you know, like, you know, because all those characters are sort of based on like 80s phrases and 70s phrases and 60s. So it's like, OK, well, you know, so it was just, so it's just really funny seeing like the names that, that uh, he came up with. And I thought thematically, you know, uh, like that that episode itself was kind of interesting thematically that it was sort of about about, uh, you know, death and, and sort of like a like a retreat into childhood. Because, you know, when you realize your own mortality and things. like like I thought thematically, that, like even though it was, you know, goofy and funny, it, it, it held together thematically. And, um, and just like, yeah, the whole time of watching, I'm like, okay, how's this working? Like legal? Cause it's, cause I thought it was going to be, you know, sort of like fake GI Joe, like, like, uh, you know, stand-ins, like, you know, so, you know, some fake version of Cobra, some fake, but it's like, okay, these are the, it's actually Cobra. It's actually, how's this thing work? Like, yeah. like legally, got some you know, of the original voice actors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then at the end I saw like Sony pictures. So I, I assume this is somehow like Sony did the GI Joe movie. So I'm assuming this is somehow related to like an ownership of, you know, at the moment, like having, having like the rights to, you know, TV and movie versions of GI, like, like maybe it came out of that or, but that would, that was like the part that kept on like, how, like, how are they doing this? Like what's, yeah. What? I mean, at the very least, the Sony thing could have been a, a way to talk to Hasbro. Yeah. The communication was already there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They could have facilitated it or, I mean, or it might be that, okay, it's going to be 
a couple of years before they do the neck, do another GI Joe. Sony does another GI Joe. So just to kind of keep that that license fresh or, whatever, or or keep keep uh, you know hold keep hold on, you know, like of course, if I wanted to find out the actual answer, it probably wouldn't take much digging. I could probably find it online or something. But but yeah, it was just kind of going through all these theories in my head watching it. I, I liked how they uh, they you know they touched on the whole how G.I. Joe was a cartoon about war where no one dies. I mean, I thought that was really interesting because I'm sure that, like, I never really read the G.I. Joe comics, but I think they're they're pretty much darker and more different uh, than the cartoon. I, I did watch the cartoon a lot as a kid, but, you know, it always struck me as a kid how, you know, people are shooting, firing constantly throughout the show, but no one ever gets hit. And, you know, every time a plane gets shot down, you clearly see someone parachute out. So it's yeah, me uh, me too, Charles. And that like I that's kind of what kept me from like really checking out the GI Joe comic because I assumed the comic was just going to be more of that. Like like right, you know, uh, uh, you know, without consequence. And that was that was sort of my main way of thinking about GI Joe up until I actually read the com- like when I read the comic, it was like oh wow, like at that same time as that cartoon was going on, there's this like much like. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say darker, but sort of like a story with actual like real consequences to it right. going on. And if I had known it was like that, I would I would have been reading it, you know, back then, you know, back in the 80s, uh, if I'd known it was like that. And and so my like the way I think thought about G.I. Joe changed from like actually reading the comics. And so then, yeah, that episode spoke more to, you know, like the way I used to think about G.I. Joe. Right. Cool. Well, that's probably where most people got introduced to G.I. Joe was through the TV show. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the, like, if, if you're doing something like that's sort of, it's smarter to sort of use that as your starting point, like, like way more people know about the cartoon than know the, com- and, and what drove the comic's success was that cartoon. Like it was a cartoon that had commercials, like actual commercials for a comic book. So of course it's going to end up being like one of the top selling comics, like any kind of, like if you have a TV commercial for a comic book, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a bestseller. Right. You guys, you guys got deep into this show. <laughs> I, I was just watching it, and I was laughing my ass off at the jokes, <laughs> the uh, the the voiceover dubbing problem that they they showed quickly, the the reuse of the uh, animation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was hilarious. And then the, I mean, most of those transferred uh, directly into like you could easily use those same jokes for Transformers comics or Transformers shows because, I mean, that was like, done at the same time and probably in the same animation house yeah yeah probably he, he man he man would be a good one too because like I, oh exactly oh, he man was the worst for reusing <laughs> animation like it was always the same shot of him punching at the at the screen yeah. so running yeah exactly just like <laughs> slap a different background on it like like it, it 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 was way more of a problem on on he man than it was for transformers or gi joe yeah cool well are you ready for the rapid fire questions yeah let's do it all right cool all right, so um, what's your favorite faction? Autobot, Decepticon, Joe, or Cobra? Uh, Autobot. Cool. Uh, live action movie, one, two, or three? Three. Okay. Uh, Megan Fox or Rosie Huntington Wheatley? Uh, Megan Fox. All right, cool. Um, more than meets the eye or Robots in Disguise? I don't really, like, I, I keep mixing up the titles. Like, I, like I've read both of them and, and like both so, of them. So, James I mean, Roberts I, I, and John I, I, Barber. Yeah, I'd go with the John Barber one. Yeah. Just because. Just probably the uh, wise choice. Yeah. Uh, third-party toys, yes or no? Oh, yes. Cool. Uh, cats or dogs? Cats. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Uh, chicken or steak? Steak. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Burger King or McDonald's? Burger King. 
history or science? I, I'm a I'm a vegetarian, by the way. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> history. Well, I mean, if, if you had something else, you could throw that in. But but when I ate meat, uh, Burger King was definitely the oh, okay. One. Yeah, history. History. Okay. Xbox or PlayStation? Mm, I, I, the GameCube. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, old school. <laughs> yeah. So Call of Duty or Battlefield? That might not play in. I don't think they had GameCube equivalents. I I think they do. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a Call of Duty which I bought. I bought the GameCube. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I think that's Call of Duty. I bought the GameCube Call of Duty for research for this. Like like actually like you know try and play you know play play an actual actual like sort of army you know maneuvers and stuff and just trying I, I haven't had a ch- I haven't had a chance to play it yet though. Okay. Maybe 007 Goldeneye. Yeah, I've heard good things about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh PC or Mac? PC. Okay. iPhone or Android? Android. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Okay. And I guess you've already answered who your favorite character is. That's, yeah. You said Dark Side. Yeah. Um Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Uh uh Stallone. Okay. Uh Scarlett Johansson or, or Scarlett Johansson or Angelina Jolie? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Twilight or Hunger Games? Uh, Hunger Games. I haven't seen Twilight. Uh, Pixar or DreamWorks? Pixar. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Simpsons or Family Guy? Simpsons. Walking Dead or Game of Thrones? Walking Dead. Right. NFL, MLB, NHL, or NBA? Uh, MLB. Okay. Uh, Porsche, Ferrari, or Lamborghini? Uh, uh, Lamborghini. Blonde, brunette, or redhead? Brunette. Cool. Uh, that is all our rapid fires. Yeah, so, some of those questions I, I had strong feelings about. Some, it was uh, 50-50, uh, you know, and, yeah. no real uh, leaning one way or the other. It's just whatever comes to your mind right, first. Right, yeah. Or, yeah, it was, yeah more know, like we, we've had people say neither or both. And... Yeah. Cool. So um, as we wrap this up, um, if people want to buy copies of your book or of your work in general, how can they do that? Well, uh, yeah, you can go to a comic book store and on free comic book day, they'll have uh, you know, for free, the Transformers versus GI Joe, and then if if you want to check out, you know, issue one, you know, tell tell the guy who owns that shop, you know, say, you know, hey, I'll you know make sure you order a copy of issue one for me. I'll also have we're re-releasing the Godland hardcover, the first Godland hardcover, which has been out of print for years. It's the thing people ask me about the most when I go to conventions. We're bringing that back, and it's coming back the month after Free Comic Book Day. So May is Free Comic Book Day. June. Uh, the 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 first uh, deluxe hardcover of of Godlands coming out. You can get that at comic book stores. Uh, and uh, and also like uh, I'm gonna have the final uh, trade paperback of Godland is also coming out that same month. Uh, and then July is is uh, Transformers versus GI Joe. Or, or you can uh, you can also I, I um, you know self publish some of my sort of more oddball comics and uh, sell them at ambarb.com or tomscioli.com uh, ambarb is a m b a r b.com it's uh, short for american barbarian okay and you said you had some stuff at comicsology too so uh, yeah yeah american barbarian is available on comicsology okay cool and i guess you said where can people find you online i guess those two websites yeah those two websites then... tomscioli.com ambarb.com and uh, follow me on twitter uh, tomscioli and yeah facebook also and we'll we'll put all the links in the show notes so everyone can uh, can get access to them easily. Oh, awesome! And um, do you have anything else you'd like to say before we finish up? No, I think yeah, I think we've said it all. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, thanks again for coming on. It, it's been a, a fun interview. Yeah, it's been fun. I was glad to do it. It's a nice way to sp- spend a Sunday evening. Usually Sunday evening, there's like really nothing going on. So yeah, fun. All right. Well, I guess Charles, you want to wrap up the show or? 
Yeah, so uh, again, I'll just echo uh, what Jeremy said, and thank you for coming on and spending the time with us. And we're definitely going to pick up uh, our issues of uh, Transformers versus G.I. Joe number zero on Free Comic Book Day. And uh, I guess for for me and Jeremy, we're in the Pittsburgh area, so we're going to, I think we're going to try and catch up with you and get get you to sign our copies for us. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. I've uh, signed a few copies, I've I've stopped at a few stores and, and signed copies in advance so but yeah if uh, if not yeah definitely uh, hit me up i'll sign them for you cool and yeah, maybe um daryl might maybe he can try to get you while you're in toronto oh yeah definitely yeah yeah they'll, they'll have a lot of copies there so that is two hours away oh okay so. yeah, like, yeah <laughs> you have a car seem like <laughs> we we joke with him because we we think everything in canada is right next to each right, other yeah exactly this tiny tiny country <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh um, we're going to wrap up the show here and then uh, we'll have another show uh, later in the week with uh, all our regular segments. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, free comic book day is coming out when this, when this show airs, this will be uh, uh, right before free comic book day. So this Saturday, uh, go to your local comic book shop and pick up transformers versus GI Joe number zero. It's totally free. So yeah, you have no you know. excuse. <laughs> And uh, just to want to remind everyone who's listening to the show, if you like what we're doing, please remember to, you know, to, to like us on social media, give us some reviews on iTunes and Stitcher uh, if you're listening there. And, uh, you know, that really helps uh, raise the show's visibility so uh, we can get more people listening and uh, hope you're uh, hope you're enjoying us. So uh, thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks to Tom Scioli for coming on and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. See ya. Thanks for picking up our transmission. Give us feedback on our website at www.transmissionspodcast.com where you can find all of our contact info on social media and links to all of our show notes discussed in each episode. You can also email us directly at feedback at transmissionspodcast.com.